everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, rural America versus the cities. Yeah. <laughs> it's city folk versus country folk. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna talk about the, the real war oh that's happening in, in America. Yeah, some things might surprise you, actually. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, we have to get to a better way of bridging that gap. Yeah. And I think, I think it's the thing that defines the divide in America. And I feel like Frank and anything. I are going to solve that problem yeah. today. This is... It, it permanently. <laughs> no, I think we want it to be a political divide, or we want it to be specifically a religious divide, or whatever, right? And I think there's more to it. Yeah. There are underlying We think we understand it, but we don't. Everybody needs to uh, listen to the uh, Frank and Dan splain mm-hmm. of this whole thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're definitely on it. Faux show. Oh, my God, Dan. Yes? Turkey. The country. Oh. Not, not the food or animal. Yeah. Er- uh, Erdogan country? Is that... Is that- Erdogan. Very... Very nice, Dan. Yeah. Boom. Nailed it. World leaders. 101. (laughs) Well, he is bringing just a... a, He's a refreshing leader. (laughs) Oh, isn't he just? He's (laughs) he's, uh, working on some very subtle changes. Some laws. Some new laws. Some some new policies and what, 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 what have you. Sure. Targeting the schools. Uh oh, that's what people like to do. Get to the kids first. You gotta get you gotta get them when they're young. The Turkish schools are going to stop teaching evolution. Oh, thank God! <laughs> because let me tell you something, it just confuses them. Absolutely. <laughs> well, their chair of the board of education, uh huh, is that Alpislan Dermis Devos? No. I think it's pronounced oh. DeVos. <laughs> I think they're related. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. Uh, through through a, 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 a distant relation. Yeah. Uh, he says that evolution is debatable, controversial, and, get this, too complicated for students. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard. So probably we shouldn't teach it. We. This is him... We believe that these subjects are beyond their comprehension. Speaking about the students. <laughs> there is, uh, yeah, I mean, this, of course, uh, is in a region of the world that uh, is heavily affected by Islam. Mm, yes, and very Muslim Even country. though that Turkey has a, has a well-established secular tradition, the sort of the founding principles of Turkey were actually to create a secular nation in it's a you know muslim dominated muslim majority country right but a secular system right don't worry they're fixing that this was a goal of the the, this founding principle right but of course islam uh the clerics muslim clerics uh don't really like evolution very much no uh because it contradicts the story of creation yeah, and all of them religious folks, uh, with the with the bizarre exception of the Pope himself, <laughs> have some trouble with 
the concept of evolution. Uh, I love this. Uh, the deputy prime minister described uh, evolution as a theory that is both archaic. Oh, archaic, and right. And lacking sufficient evidence. Right, yeah, of course. But don't worry, we can replace it with... Our archaic. A Bronze Age story <laughs> that makes way more sense. Like, when you look at the evidence, obviously, God done it. Right. That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> much easier. It and is so much, so much more evidence. Well, and the kids can understand it. Thank and, God. And, you know, uh, maybe, maybe uh, evolution just isn't archaic enough for these people. <laughs> yeah. It'll come back around in a couple thousand years. <laughs> but if, if, if the, once the science texts are at least, what, a thousand years old, mm. 1500 years old, then they can be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's, so before anybody gets too snooty about that backwards country not accepting science, I'm going to I'm going to oh, tell a story. I'm not feeling snooty at all. About I think they're just joining us. Well, I'm going to I'm going to bring in another area of the world because yeah. there's been a recent ruling by the Court of Justice of the European Union. Okay, yeah. And this this ruling applies basically to all of the EU. So we'll enjoy that. Basically, what the court has ruled is that that uh, courts may consider vaccines to be the cause of an illness, even in the absence of scientific evidence. No, 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 (laughs) no. So no, no, this is based on a, uh, a, 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 I believe, a French guy uh, who's known in the in in the suit as J.W. J.W. himself. J.W. himself. Who apparently he got a, a Hep B vaccination okay. in the nineties, and then one year later developed MS, and he decided that there was an obvious link because correlation equals causation. Yeah, that whole post hoax thing. Uh, and uh, he sued the pharmaceutical company uh, Sanofi Pasteur, uh, which produces the vaccines. And basically blamed it. Now, he died. He's gone. He's out of the picture. But the court has now ruled that if there's enough sort of uh, other evidence relating to timeline. So timeliness. Here are the, uh, the, quote, specific and consistent evidence that is required to, uh, to, to, to make this a go without any real scientific evidence. So if if you have timeliness, a prior healthy status, lack of family history, and multiple cases, that may be enough to say that a vaccine caused your illness. So the woo believers of the world may you may rejoice. They can None all None of that's correct. None of that proves jack shit. <laughs> Right. Uh, in term, in scientific terms, why not? I oh mean, my God. So, so I mean, yeah, like, just for instance, in JW's case, is that what I said? J- yeah. JW. In yep. in his case, yeah, there is no evidence linking 
that vaccine with multiple sclerosis. That is not. No. There's no cause. There is no causal association between those things. Uh, but if he was healthy before, and then one year later he's not healthy, yeah. Uh, doy. That's like when uh, post hoc ergo propter hoc. Yeah. Before, therefore, because of. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? Something like that. Ridiculous. I only know that because there's an episode of The West Wing where <laughs> President Bartlett lays into. Uh huh. <laughs> there you go. That President Bartlett educated oh, us all. Bartlett's America. I want to live in Bartlett's America. That, I've said that many times. That was a fever dream that doesn't uh. exist in real life. <laughs> you can't have it. <laughs> We've tried it. It doesn't work. It does not work. Oh, uh, so there you go. Um, bad news, I think, for Europeans wanting That's... to be ruled by logic and reason. I'm really surprised by yeah. this. This is the Court of Human Rights, you said? No, it's the European Court. What is it? The EU. It is the Court of Justice of the European Union. Oh, Court of Justice. Which is which is sort of the overarching, like... Mega super court. Huh. The kind of their supreme court. Yeah. It's even supremer because it goes over all of the EU. Over nations. Yeah. M multiple nations. Wow. That's impressive. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a court decision. Oh, good. Actually, this is going to be court decision heavy. Show. Okay. Yeah, not, both my remaining stories are judges saying things. I, I have a I have a, a legal another legal one too. We're just gonna keep going. <laughs> this is okay. All right, brace it's yourself. It's a legal theme. Brace yourself, everyone. <laughs> news from Mississippi. Oh good. Woo! We love news from Mississippi. Hey man. Um, all the good all the good stuff for our show from this country comes out of the, the South. Thank God for Mississippi. Mississippi. That's uh Yeah, anyway. So Mississippi passed a law in response to the Supreme Court uh, when the Supreme Court decided to make gay marriage legal in all 50 states. Well, you mean when the Supreme Court decided to invite Satan to rule over our country? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mississippi was one of the states that passed a law that said that business owners and whatnot could, due to their deeply held, you know, religious beliefs yeah they could discriminate against gay people thank god right because nobody wants to be forced into performing a gay marriage or hosting a gay marriage or, or letting pizza letting gays stay at your rental property or whatever oh my god it's just the worst it's disgusting do you know it's, what those people do in there i know it's awesome <laughs> uh so the courts so there was a a, a, a suit that was filed uh, by a bunch of plaintiffs, including uh, ordained ministers who have married same-sex couples and same-sex traders, couples who were seeking to marry. Okay, uh, they, they have. There was uh, so there was a injunction placed on the law. Okay, that the court has now lifted. That's, oh, that's the that's the story. Oh, goody! Is that this court's this court has found that these plaintiffs did not have standing uh, in order to bring the lawsuit. They, none of the plaintiffs has clearly shown an injury. In fact, 
says the panel of judges. And so they're not ruling on the merit of the law or whatever. Not at this point. They've decided no. that nobody has been that nobody who has been harmed by the law has stepped forward and filed a suit. Well, because there was an injunction on it. The law wasn't able to start yet. Wow. So now we got to wait until that's what that, you know, I get the standing thing to some extent. Well, but the standing thing is troubling because what it says is you have to have you personally in order to sue you have to have been hurt by the thing. I mean, I and get so, that. I mean, that makes so, sense. Well, what that means is that if a law is bound to hurt someone, right. if a law is passed and it, we know it's going to hurt this person, right. in order to challenge it in the court, we have to wait until the person is actually hurt. And then, then we can proceed while it's hurting other people. So the legislature passes a law. Yeah. That says it's okay to kick Dan Beecher right. as hard as you want. Right. Whenever you want. Kick any guy that's my height and blue-eyed. So you... No. It actually names you. Okay, fine. Great. <laughs> Great. The Dan Beecher <laughs> deserves to be kick act of... So of you have to wait. You can't file a suit... Until someone actually kicks until me. Until somebody actually comes along and kicks you. Right. We, I can't be like, um, courts... Can we not? Can we just can we stop this before I get kicked? Oh no 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 no! If if it were the, it's okay to stab Dan Beecher act. <gasps> That's terrifying, Dan. Now there could be some emotional distress that was caused by this. Clearly, there would be. Could would that be? <laughs> Maybe. Would that give you? Maybe grounds to file a lawsuit. One would hope. We need a lawyer. We need. We need a lawyer to explain this to us. We really don't. This is so stupid. <laughs> oh, Anywho, good Lord. Uh, there are now gay people in Mississippi waiting to be kicked or stabbed. Yeah. Basically, so that uh, they can <laughs> file a lawsuit because, about this. Because everybody likes to be tied up in a big, dumb lawsuit because their state decided that they could pass a law that obviously obviously will not pass muster yeah what is it about mississippi i do not understand mississippi they go out of their way to show how backward and (laughs) and ridiculous and ignorant they are frank we're going to be talking about this later it's unbelievable they have a different way of viewing things (laughs) and it's wrong that's all they're just wrong but why is it always (laughs) fucking mississippi it's I mean, not. Alabama takes a good chunk of it. They 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 do their share. Come on, Roy Moore's home state. We yeah. You gotta they, give Bama the credit where it's deserved. I know, but seriously, Texas does some good stuff. Yeah, even Arizona. It just got, seems like Mississippi. <laughs> our they, fair they, state, for God's sake, they has just some, take it a step further. They do. They do. Mississippi's they're great like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to take us to Texas, speaking of. Oh, are you? Where there's some good-ish news uh, for at least one couple. Do you you recall the satanic panic of the 80s? <laughs> yes, it was ridiculous. Where, like, everybody was, all the all the televangelists were convinced that there was this massive amount of Satanism happening. And oh, yeah. All this stuff. And a lot of people like got kind of swept up and got genuinely hurt because they were accused. It was a witch hunt. It yeah. was very much a witch hunt. 
people were just swept up in it. Yeah. Well, two of the people that were swept up in it were Fran and Dan Keller oh. of Texas. Okay. Uh, uh, they, in uh, in 1992, were prosecuted for uh, for child endangerment. I don't know what the what the exact charges were, uh, but they were basically. This was this is this is sort of, to my mind, the pinnacle of how this satanic panic worked, and it's terrifying. Okay, these two had had a little daycare thing going on and a little girl uh who was at the daycare i think she was let's see how old was she she was five three she was three three-year-old girl she was an occasional drop-in at their little there is a home daycare center oh okay um, on the rural outskirts of austin um apparently she came home one day and said that she that dan had spanked her, quote, like like daddy used to do. Now, I have a huge problem with just that. Right. And if that's where it had stopped, I would say Dan probably needed to never be a uh, child care person or whatever. Okay. But that is not where this stopped. Okay. They, so they what they did with this, this little girl, they took her to a therapist... And subjected her with her to intense and repeated questioning by her therapist, by her mother, by police, and basically guided this little girl unintentionally. But this is what happened. Okay. And this happened all the time, all over the world. They would guide the girl. They would ask her leading questions that would get her to say, they just assumed that there was more than just the spanking. Right. They'd say, what else happened? What else, and basically lead the girl to think something else had to have happened, so she starts talking. Okay. By the time these two pe- poor people had been charged with anything, like, it's insane. They, so so the, uh, <clears throat> the Austin Chronicle had, did a story a few years back. Uh, well, in, back in 2008, they decided to reinvestigate this thing. Uh-huh. They had to sue to get the uh, to get the Austin Police Department's uh, report of the case, which because they wouldn't give it to them. Oh, when they finally did, apparently it was crazy. Uh, it was this reporter describes it as a quote an all caps run on sentence fever dream of breathless accusations. And absent any actual investigation that could prove or disprove the claims. Okay. They said the lead investigator would take took the girl who accused the Kellers to lunch at McDonald's before setting out for drives in the neighborhood where she would point out locations. Yes, she had been abused there. Yes, she recognized the cemetery where the Kellers had killed and buried babies. Yes, <laughs> Many of the residents in the quiet neighborhood were in on everything. No. They were accused. They had sacrificed babies, held ceremonies in a graveyard, put blood in the children's Kool-Aid. Fran, people believed this shit. Okay. Believed every word of it. Are you ready for this? But but, but who are these cops that not a single one of them said, well, but where were they getting these babies? 
And w- oh, wait, you're not even they're... ready for what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> they were accused. Of, they accused Fran, this lady, probably a very nice lady. She. They said she cut off the arm of a gorilla in a local park. <laughs> they flew. Show me the gorilla missing an arm. They flew the children to Mexico to be sexually assaulted by military officials. Oh yeah, no. The, uh... That happens all the time. Well, sex trafficking does happen, but then they don't return the children to their parents that night. <laughs> what the fuck are these people doing? Oh, Dan. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. And the more outlandish it got, what should have happened was the less they should have believed it. Yeah. But the more outlandish they got, the more interested they were and what they ended up doing was they wanted to fry these people, <laughs> and they did. They got. I mean, they basically they they got them. Well, they probably ruined conf- their business if nothing else. No, they got them thrown into jail for. Oh my! They God. were sentenced to what is the sentence? It was like thirty some odd years in jail or more for what? All of those things. They were convicted. On what evidence? A child said it? On the evidence of, yes, the child saying it was the main evidence. A three-year-old's testimony, super reliable, uh, was was the main thing. (laughs) Caught the arm of a gorilla. That's amazing. Yeah. And so so now, thank God, these people, uh, based on this uh, 2008 examination, uh, reinvestigation by, by the Austin Chronicle, the people are now, almost 10 years later, being exonerated. Oh, my God. They are finally being let out of jail. They've been in jail this whole time. What? None of this makes any sense. And they were finally being, being let out. None of it. No. This is, this is how fucked up that whole satanic panic thing was. La- ladies and gentlemen, if you think that in the 80s there was a problem with Satanism, don't worry, there wasn't. That didn't exist. That was just in the minds of a bunch of crazed preachers who wanted to make people scared. Right. It didn't happen. But yeah. I remember that re- people were talking about it. Oh, there was, I remember there were like cats that had been sacrificed. Oh, just, yeah, all kinds and, of stuff. And there was like some pentagram thing that somebody mm. found where like animal sacrifice had taken place back blah, masking blah, blah, blah. on on audio was a was, oh, was what yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. was scared about uh-huh. Pl- yeah playing you, the playing the audio backwards. yeah you play and and you know the band kiss stood for knights in satan's service and all oh of this other God, yeah all of this stuff yeah and <sighs> and so there they're, it was just all created it was out all of the imaginations of some very very sick uh, preachers. Well, that's the thing. These preachers, these politicians, they all need an enemy. Yeah. They need someone to point to and scare you. And when they're, whenever someone's trying to scare you, they're trying to get something out of you. They're trying to, they're trying to get you to give them money, to give them support for their, for their, mm-hmm. you know, campaign. They're scaring you for a reason. Right. Fortunately, these two, the Kellers, who have spent 21 years behind bars looks like they will be compensated decent like they won't have to worry about finances for a while they they'll each get i think 1.7 million dollars jesus because the state convicted them 
with zero evidence of what the most the horrific fuck? crimes you can imagine. Yeah. Wow. That's and yet, and yet, try to actually prosecute a real rape case and see what happens. See how that goes for you. Yeah. But if you say Satan rape, well, maybe that'll work. Yeah. Who knows? That's what they needed to accuse Bill Cosby of. Yeah. Get him on sat- Satanism. Yeah. That would not know. have been a hung jury. Oh, my God. Don't even. All right. Okay. So Moving on. Awful. Moving on. Moving on. All right, Dan. Yeah. A judge in Pensacola. In the fine state of Florida. Yes, indeed. Pensacola, one of the better colas. Uh, I don't know if he is Del- located in Pensacola, but he, delicious. Uh, it's within his jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, senior U.S. district judge. Uh, has given the city of Pensacola 30 days to remove a cross from a park. Oh, right. Uh, it's been there for 75 years in one form or another. There was originally, I guess it was originally a wood cross, and now it's, a, I guess, a concrete co- cross. Well, they last better. And uh, he very, it, it's funny, the headline says that he reluctantly orders cross removed. And then you get into the story, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Because the man's following the law. Yeah. And he knows how to apply the law. He doesn't like it. And boy, he's going to just keep on fucking saying it. He's going to say how much he, he says does. over and over things like, uh, let's see. Uh, he, so after uh, somewhere in the decision, he says that the founding fathers would have most likely found this lawsuit absurd. Uh, I am aware that there is a lot of support in Pensacola to keep the cross as it is. And I understand and respect that point of view. Uh, he says in his 23 page ruling. Uh, but the law is the law. Wow. Somebody uh, actually believes in law. That's uh, nice. He ordered the city to pay $1 in damages uh-huh. to the four plaintiffs. Okay. Uh, Cute. <laughs> who were represented by the American Humanist Legal Center. Uh, he, yeah, count me among those who hope the Supreme Court will one day revisit and reconsider its establishment caused jurisprudence. But my duty is to enforce the law as it now stands. The number of times that he must say something similar throughout <laughs> these 23 pages. Yeah, because uh, he doesn't want to be fired. He's probably <laughs> on the hook for this thing. And he doesn't like he doesn't want he doesn't want to lose his job next election. Yeah. The 34 foot cross. 34 feet. OK. Uh, costs the city two hundred and thirty three dollars a year in maintenance. Yeah. And uh, which even- isn't a shit ton of money. But it shouldn't be spent on endorsing one religion over all others. And here he he says, even though the the cross costs very little to maintain, uh, uh, has hosted tens of thousands of people and has stood as a public property and has stood on public property in one form or another for approximately 75 years, apparently without incident, four people, Amanda Kondratyev, Andrei Kondratyev, David Suhor, and Andre Ryland contend they are, quote, offended by it and want it removed. The quote. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not really offended, but they, they claim to be, so... Yeah. Uh, the city argued that the cross was not exclusively religious in nature. Right. That's what they always argue, ah! because they are idiots. How could you possibly say that? 
Well, I don't don't know why the artist decided to form the concrete that way, but that's what he decided. I mean, we think of it more as a lowercase letter T. Is what I that's how I think of it. I don't know how you guys think of it, but I when I was recently in uh Idaho Falls, yes. Idaho, I was walking along the river there and they have in in a park uh-huh. a Ten Commandments. Oh boy. And at the base of the Ten Commandments, I'm gonna see if I can read this because I took a picture of it. It says and it's it's kind of shitty, like so this is in the same stone. This is carved into a sto- into the oh, stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the base of it, it says, "This display is not meant to endorse any any particular system of religious belief uh, or intrude into uh, what does that say? Into matters of religions uh, of religious worship." <laughs> uh, this is the fine print right. on, the, on the thing as a historical. Jesus uh, precedent. The Ten Commandments re- represents. Uh, sorry, this is really hard to read. Represents one of the main one of the uh, one. Oh no, one of man's earliest uh, erone- earliest efforts to uh, to live by the rule of law. Basically, they're saying oh, you can't God. sue us. This isn't about religion. It's about history. Uh, we can sue you. And it is someone about, will. Someone some should. I, someone should. Someone will. Someone la- less lazy than me, please write to the uh, someone who lives in someone Idaho who lives Falls. there. Somebody who has standing. Yes, exactly. Someone who lives in Idaho Falls, please write into the uh, the humanists or the or the fufurf right. and just say, hey, we should probably get rid of this piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, the judge. I just want to get this one last thing in. Okay. Uh, Wanted to make sure that the city understood that they did. They do have options mm. with regard to this cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, they could, of course, you allow worshippers on Easter. I guess this must be a congregating point at Easter. Sure, I don't know. Uh, they could use a temporary cross. Sure, for the religious stuff. Yeah, just put it up and then take it down, and yeah. it's not maintained by the city. It's the people brought the cross. It's your cross, BYOC. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously. <laughs> uh, or they could sell or lease the land holding the cross to a private property. Yeah. Quote: So long as the transfer was bona fide and not a subterfuge. Meaning, you can't sell a parcel of public land. For one penny, right? And uh, you got to figure out the real value of it. You got to do this. You got which do is that. which is how a and lot you also of... need to transfer the maintenance and all the stuff, right? If, if, if there's a little patch of grass that comes along with it, the city's not going to be mowing that patch of grass. Oh, someone right? needs to like, start a church right now in Pensacola, and then buy that offer to buy that land and buy that and and maintain that cross, and then just. Tear it down. Just ruin it. Yeah, tear it down or like <laughs> or like put up or like make it like put Satan horns on it and, like, yeah. and a pitchfork or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, they'd have to like <laughs> sell it to, you know, a the private the, to the public. They right. couldn't be again. And you have to be bona fide. So they probably have to list the property or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like Lucian Greaves needs to buy this land. <laughs> The Satanic Temple must own this land. <laughs> and leave the cross up by all means, but do some other stuff too. 
have some fun with it. Let's, have some fun. Let's enjoy ourselves. Yeah. I'm going to call Lucian. I don't, I don't know Lucian Greaves. Right. Uh, I'm going to take us to Israel. <gasps> Beautiful Israel. The fabulous Israel. I've never, I've never been there. Uh, but, you know, it's a place. It is. My parents. It exists. My parents got in trouble there once. What did they do? They apparently drove to the wrong part of town, and uh, stones were hurled at them. No. They were stoned. Well, the car. The car. And then they brought it back. Clunk, clunk, They brought it back to the car rental place, and they were like, sorry. And they were like, "Eh, happens all the time. (laughs) Of course. I was like. Of course, that would be the reaction. And it's part of the world I definitely want to go to, for sure. (laughs) Anywho. Anywho, uh, there's been a, a, a court ruling, uh, and this is something. This is an issue that you and I have touched on before. Uh, LL Airlines, which is the LL, L L E L A L, two words, L L, which is the L. That's the big one. No, I don't think L is the same. It's we're not. This isn't Spanish. Uh, I I don't speak enough Hebrew to know what El Al would mean, oh, okay. but yeah. anyway, it's 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 the airline of choice in in Israel. Oh yeah, I think uh, they have they have been sued by a, a woman, an an older woman, um, one Miss something Rabinowitz. What's her name? Renee Rabinowitz, uh, a Holocaust survivor. Okay. P.S. Wow, she must be old. Yeah, she's in her eighties now. Wow. Uh, who was taking an El Al flight from Newark to Jerusalem. Okay. And was asked by a flight attendant to stand up and move. She was in business class. She was flying nice. Yeah. Asked to move to a different business class seat because the gentleman sitting next to her was ultra-Orthodox and didn't want to sit by a woman. He can move. Right? He, He doesn't want to sit next to a woman. He can fucking move. Well, so... Well, and maybe maybe the only other available seat was next to another woman. Do you ever think of that, Frank? Well, then fuck him. Well, that's what the courts have said. Yay! Yeah, the courts really? in Israel have have moved. Have she sued? She she moved, right? And then later decided, you know what? That's actually sh- fucking shitty. Yeah, that's really offensive. Yeah. So she sued, and the courts have basically has has said uh, have said that. They can't do that. The, the, they can't ask a passenger to sit up because another passenger has bullshit views on on gender. What about if somebody smells? Uh, then can you ask them if they smell? Yeah, totally. I, I have I have bullshit ideas about sm- stinky. People. Yeah, that's those aren't bullshit. <laughs> that's people should be kicked off of. If you stink going onto a plane, fuck you. Yeah, no kidding. You deserve everything you yeah, get. Yeah, well, I'm, okay, so maybe not that, but like, okay, awesome. Yeah, I think. No, well done. Yeah. So now El All will uh, maybe have uh, saran wrap kits. Right. That they can just. Just a bag. Oh, sir, may I interest you in can your I... female uh, presence protection kit? Right. I, we can't. We can't ask her to move. We can offer you this uh, full-body, ultra-orthodox condom, however, which will keep you and she safe from each other uh, for the duration of the flight. We have had some problems with suffocation, but I think you'll be okay. We'll cut a hole. They can also have just 
petite curtains. <laughs> just a little. You have to bring drawn. your own. I think you have to bring your own. Oh my no, god! If, no, ladies and gentlemen, full service airline. Lis- listeners they, uh, to our show may not know this. May may not have newer listeners may not have heard this. But yeah, Google the the ultra orthodox guy that wrapped himself in plastic. Yeah, that's a that's an image you need to see. <laughs> but yes, uh, so apparently they they what they think uh, is true about this is that these men could ask other people. If they're willing to move, uh-huh. they just can't ask. The, like the airline cannot use the airline cannot it's sort of authority, right, to ask people to move, right. And if someone and really if someone says reason. no, thanks, I'm staying, right. Then then that's on you. You you know that you can't. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. You might you might actually have to sit next to one of those nasty old, you know, flying people with a uterus has. A certain level of unpleasantness to it it just does you don't you're get to pick who to you're people. next to yeah you're you're often just not the, the situation isn't the 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 best right it's, it's if we all got to pick who we were it's... next to no plane would ever take off because <laughs> there's the woman with the baby right and nobody wants to be next to that baby yeah. and nobody wants to be next to the the larger people because right. They're all upset about, you know, a little, you know, losing half an inch of their space or whatever right. or touching or something. Nobody would there would be no flights if we yeah. all if we all could throw a hissy fit about who we didn't want to sit next to. Well, they, there would. But it would be like that. Uh, the, one of those uh, Saudi or. Oh, Middle like a, Eastern like United Air, the, the UAE the Emirates, yeah, Emirates, Emirates Air, Emirates whatever, Air, where everybody gets a room <laughs> and it costs four <laughs> billion dollars to fly anywhere oh but how would that be someday oh someday. take a shower uh uh steward i'd like to schedule a shower please. right yeah oh patreon guys you need to help us out we, <laughs> we need to fly better <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah that'll be the day well ladies and gentlemen if you have any comments questions thoughts that you'd like to share with us about any of these things including who you're going to sit next to on your next flight, feel free to write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you could call and leave us a voicemail message. Sure. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and see what Mackenzie's been up to. And while there on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It's a closed group. But we'll let you in. <laughs> Won't you feel special? Hey, Dan. Yes, sir. Uh, got some audio here for you. Oh, thank God. Something you might want to listen to. Rick Riles. Rick, yeah. You know his name? Or you know that name? I yeah. I, you heard this just, guy? He's just one of them. Wiles, maybe Riles. I said Riles. Yeah, Wiles. It's Wiles. Yeah, Rick Wiles. He's Wiley. <laughs> uh, he's got some uh, nice things to say about Russia. So let's. <laughs> That's always a good sign. <laughs> let's listen in. You know, a few weeks ago, I, I was reading news articles quoting American evangelical Christian leaders, some very famous people, who were condemning Russia for being an anti-Christian nation that persecuted Christians. And this was being quoted on the news networks and in newspapers. 
and I'm not going to name names because every time I name names, I get a blast, and I just don't feel like dealing with it anymore. I get right. tired of it. Okay, you can go find it yourself and figure out who said it. But you know what the Russians did? They banned the Jehovah Witnesses, kicked them out of the country. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you did it. I wish we could do it. I wish we could get rid of all the cults in this country. We'd be better off for it. But we allow the cults to run around in the country. The Russians said, we don't want the American cults over here. We're a Christian nation, and we don't want their cults. Their cults. No cults. C-A-U-L-T-S. Cults. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Banning the J-Dubs. He's all for it. He's he's 100% on board. What a dick. That's friendly fire. As far as I'm concerned, friendly fire. was, was There were shots fired today. Yeah. That is fucked up. Yeah. Because guess what? I'm I, Look, I'm no big fan of the J-Dubs. Right. But uh, they believe basically all the same bullshit that you believe, you right. dumbass. They've got some cuckoo, cuckoo ideas about, like, blood transfusions. Yeah, and they won't, and they, they they don't like apparently birthday parties. No birthday parties, no Christmas, no holidays. They're, I mean, they're, bo- got, they're boring as all get. They've out. got more rules, yeah. But that to me just makes them better well, Christians. To yeah. me, that's like that just take, draws them closer to apparently what the Bible wants them to do. Yeah, they they are kooky. I mean, there's no uh, denying the fact that the the Jehovah's Witnesses are. A little on the kooky side. But here's the deal. It's only kooky because it's different from your kooky. Right. Like, take a step back just for a minute and look at what the fuck you believe. Yeah. Uh, you're also an idiot. Yeah. And you're, pro- you're probably, by your definition here, be kicked out of Russia. Your cult is just bigger <laughs> than their cult. Well, you yeah, got- no, that's by by a bit. J-Dubs, though, they're, they're, they're not huge, but they've got millions of followers they're and worldwide they're all over the place except in russia not <laughs> oh. i mean we reported on that a couple weeks ago that, that, yeah. that they were kicked out of russia but man you know that this is one of those things where the same people who are screaming religious liberty and you can't take away our rights and blah 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 boy they're sure as fuck happy if someone who looks whose religion looks even minimally different than their right. own because this is all of the same vein, the same group of people who they want, when they say religious freedom, they mean they want Christianity protected. And that's it. Yeah. Like, and this is the same thing. They don't consider J-Dubs to be true Christians. Right. Even though they believe in They use that Christ same dumb that Bible. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same dumb Bible. It's their own ridiculous translation of the same dumb Bible, but... Same dumb Bible, though. Basically. It's the same shit. It's just, it's all, yeah. Yeah, they they rewrote the Bible to fit what they wanted to believe or whatever, and then they fucking believe that shit. And, which is no different than anybody else, really. Most people don't go out rewriting the Bible. No, they do, though. The evangelical, have you seen how many stupid Bible translations there are? There's a lot. And the evangelicals use them. They yeah. love them. They do. Well, they like the modern English translations. Right. But but those Which, also... Why, why not? Because when King James... Yeah. It's when not, the King James Version came out, it was modern. Yeah, it's not the 16th time. century it anymore. In its use of language. Where, why does it have to be old Well, I mean, it was poetic. 
Sure. Which the the modern ones are decidedly not. Yeah. There's no poetry in it. And you know, there there were the mo- King King James actually assembled some of the most brilliant minds of yeah. his time and and writers. There's there there are theories about Shakespeare having been brought in to work on the King sure, James. Yeah. Uh one of which is delightful. It involves a psalm. I don't remember which psalm. But the theory goes, it's a conspiracy theory, but it's cute. <clears throat> the theory goes that if you read, I think Shakespeare was meant to be like 46 at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, at, and if you read 46 words in, like on, it's like the 46th chapter or whatever, like somehow there's this numerology to it. But if you read 46 words in from the first word, you get the word shake. Oh. And 46 words back from the last word, you get the word spear. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's a whole thing about that. Look at him. He was could, clever. Could have happened. Who knows? Maybe. Might be a coincidence. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, what they should probably do instead of just, you know, Joe Schmo deciding to, I'm going to rewrite the Bible. They should collect some people together. Yeah. Get our best poets. Get, get Our some, best minds. Get some really good writers. Get, you know, get, get J.K. Rowling on it. She'll come up with something good. She'll make it exciting. Yeah. There's no, there's, you know, no shortage of poets out there. There's some good writers. Some, some, some people to come in and create some new words for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I, I, I'm trying to look it up. I had a blog post about, uh, the Lord's prayer because I had, this was a long time ago, back when I used to do blog posts. Do you remember those? Yeah, Dan. Why don't you do those anymore? Yeah, well. Anyway, uh, so I was doing this Lord's Prayer. Th- cause, so I was reading in the Bible, and I found the part of Matthew. I, th- I think it's in Matthew the, where, the, where the Lord's Prayer is comes from. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, wait, that's not the Lord's Prayer I've ever heard anybody actually say. Do you know the Lord's Prayer? It's not uh, something that we Mormons used. Let's see. It's uh, our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom that come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. bread. And That's where it falls apart for Forgive me. us our trespasses. Debts. No. In Matthew, it says debts. Is there another one somewhere that says trespasses? No. They just changed it. And so. Sure. Yeah. So then I started to look up different translations of it because I was like, what the fuck? Like. It's forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are in debt to us or something like that. Right. And and then there's all these explanations about how debt, uh, the word that they're translating also means uh, like a, like, like, a, you know, a debt of, of, of meaning you've trans, transgressed your, against someone or whatever. Right. But then I found, I, and I've just looked this up. The, this is from a translation called the message. Oh, Oh, that sounds nice. It's a translation of the Bible? Yeah. So here is, I will now recite for you, the Lord's Prayer, as translated from Matthew in the Message Bible. Oh, no. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. (laughs) Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. 
What's there instead in Matthew for yes, yes, yes? I think it's just amen. <laughs> amen. Yeah, you're right. So, oh, wow. That's horrid. That's, that's awful. That's some really interesting translating. So all I'm saying is everybody does it. Everybody comes up with their own wackadoo versions. Yeah, but it's also like... But that is like nothing the, like the other the Motel version. 6 version of the Lord's Prayer. That is it's just like stripped down. That weird. is one flew over the cuckoo's nest version. <laughs> that is nutso. Give us our three square meals a day. <laughs> Keep us forgiven. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. This, that's their translation of for thine is the power and the glory. Did they just rewrite... <laughs> <laughs> the King James version, like oh, that's also one thing that I would love to know is how many of these rewrites, right? These new, these different Bible translations. How many of them actually go back to the original, you know, I think Greek and Aramaic? I think most of them do that. They do. Yeah, they don't. They're because they're, like you go to you look at theology schools or you listen to how a lot of these televangelists talk, uh-huh. and they will dive into like. Well, you know, this particular word, and they get really nitpicky about, like, huh. this, you know, this version of, of this word in Greek is, so this version of this word and in this thing doesn't mean these and those, but it means the people who are both this and this. It's a collective sort of thing and blah, blah, blah. They get really nitty, nitpicky. Wow. Okay. That particular example was from my recent uh, travels into Idaho where... All of the radio stations that I found had a preacher going at any given moment. So I'd stop and listen to one or two of them every now yeah, and then. No, like, like I, it was like preacher, preacher, someone singing about Jesus, preacher, country music, right. preacher, preacher, preacher. Yeah, it was yeah that it sounds a lot like driving across Nevada except throw Glenn Beck in there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> he, he just... Oh, no! <laughs> it wasn't Beck. It was... Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Hannity. He, oh, he was no. on at one point. He's he's insufferable. <clears throat> oh my god! Like he, you cannot listen to that man. Mm-mm. Glenn Beck at least is like there's a there's a he's entertaining. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Yeah, he's a nutball. Yeah, but he's entertaining. Yeah, you can listen. You can listen. All you can't all... listen long, but there but there's like there's a certain novelty to listening to it. Oh, I'm listening to Glenn Beck. Yeah, no. No, no, no. I listened Hannity. to Sean Hannity's five minutes of Hannity, and it was just a circle jerk of we're right, we're right, they're wrong. Yeah, it, there was a caller in who was just like, I just, you know, I've been trying to call in for three months now, and you, you're real busy, blah, 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 and I just want you to know. And I'm doing the wrong accent because I think it, was, it sounded like a black guy, which okay. that's its own version, like little fuck up, fucked up in this. But. <laughs> Black guys liking Hannity. It's like black Mormons. I just, it creeps me out. Anyway, uh, this guy was just talking nonstop about, like, we support you, Sean. You're the best. You're the only person who can save America. You're the only person. You blah, blah, blah. And it was just this love fest, and he never got to a point beyond that. Yeah. He'd been waiting for three months to just, like, jizz all over him? Yeah, sounds sounds about right. It's like the ditto heads on Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. You, and you know that whole thing, ditto head. Yeah, people. Yes, I do know that thing. Yeah. And and they self apply that term. Yeah, they don't even hide from it. 
ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we want you to call in and start telling us how great we are. That's all we want. <laughs> we don't want all your emails, all of your voicemails. Please just tell us how great we are. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Speaking oh, of uh, emails and voicemails, gross. let's let's get to a few of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've talked a couple weeks about the about the the Jewish practice of kaparot, not common practice, but the the chickens. It happens. Chickens swinging, and so Scott was cute. He wrote us a little poem. Oh yeah. I thought I'd read it. Okay. Swing them chickens round your head while they're alive, not one, not when they're dead. <laughs> All your su- sins will thus have fled, and the poor shall and the poor th- shall then be fed. Because they give the chickens to the poor. That's oh, that's cute. nice. He says religion could be funny if so many people weren't deadly serious about it. But they are, Scott. They're deadly <laughs> serious about it. Do we, why don't you play a voicemail for us? All right, here we go. Hi, Frank and Dan. I know this is not a sobriety podcast, but your community has helped me a lot. I'm John from West Georgia, and I, I really appreciate everybody that's been involved in in my post on the Facebook part i really appreciate all of it thank you all right some context there so john is a member is in the members only lounge yeah uh you know we all have our struggles john struggles a little bit with sobriety and so Mm -hmm. you know the the lounge has been uh, a good supportive place for him to come for some 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 support so which is amazing so i think it's great to call in and 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 Give a good public. That's a thank shout out you. to all of the people, all yeah. of the awesome people in the members only lounge because that they have been great and and keep being great, you guys. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, uh, we had a, another uh, write in. Another Stephen wrote into us. Hey Frank and Dan, I was listening to episode two eighty nine on marriage, and Frank mentioned how uh, with the younger generation we are starting to see more men who are open about their bisexuality. And are able to seek out male, quote, friends with the consent of their female partners. Right. I am 23, and recently I've come to terms with my sexuality, and I've thought about coming out as bisexual to my long-term girlfriend. Uh, I understand and respect, or sorry, I could understand and respect if her wishes are to remain monogamous, but I worry that even admitting to her that I'm bisexual would be relationship-ending. Mm. Due to the fact that a lot of people think bi men are just lying and are actually gay, I'd like to th- thank Frank for bringing visibility to that uh, to the fact that <laughs> bisexual men do exist. Yeah, ah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a miracle. Yeah, when it happens. But yeah, oh. I mean, what a it, blessing! What a blessing! Seriously. But yes, as we've often said, like sexuality is not a set thing for many people. Mm-hmm. And how you do your sex is up is is on you, right? Get out there and do your sex the way you want to do it. Yeah, uh, it's fun. Yeah, sex, absolutely. Sex is good for you. Yes, it is. Uh, and uh, as long as you do it safely and wisely. Yeah, and because uh, it can be very bad for you if you don't. <laughs> I yes. don't want to say that but, sex is universally good for you, but also you know, uh, you know. Not behind your your partner's back. Yeah, is also yeah. Like ethically, ethically, everybody knows, everybody's aware, everybody yeah is on board, and go have fun. Get out there and and get your sex on. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we are sex positive as a podcast. Mm-hmm. That is our official stance. Is there more voicemail? Yeah, uh, and this is a 
This is a coming out story. Ooh. Hey, guys. I just came out at work kind of accidentally without thinking about it. Um, I'm working summer school, and there's a janitor who comes around to get trash. And yesterday he mentioned, oh, I just got to do the thing and leave the rest up to God. And I kind of nodded, you know, didn't think much of it. And today when he came around, he asked me, he, he mentioned something about being religious, something about God again, same kind of, you know, God has a plan, and asked me straight up if I'm Christian. Now, normally, I would just say, no, I'm Jewish because I'm hedging and I don't like telling everybody what my business is. But today, I was like, you know what? I just watched a 12-year-old girl come out in front of her Mormon ward. I can tell this janitor, I don't believe in this stuff. So I do. I say, I'm not religious. Not quite brave enough to go all the way atheist, but whatever. And this guy looks so sad, and he's your stereotypical old old man janitor. And he says, what if I told you that in 2013, I saw Jesus and he's real? And I just said, well, I'm, you know, I'm glad you had that experience. And he just didn't know how to react. I don't know if he expected me to just go like, wow, Jesus is real, or get angry or what he was thinking. So I'm slightly concerned that I've now become this person's mission project, but I'll find out and I'll keep you posted. Thanks for the podcast. Bye. Well, congratulations on coming out. Yeah. And on making a new permanent best friend. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, I mean, the important thing is to be out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's not easy. No, it's, it's not, but it's important. But, I mean, we say it's not easy. It was easy for us. Yeah. It's easy It's easy for us now. Well, but. I mean, yes and no. I mean, it was easy enough in sort of the day-to-day life. It wasn't necessarily easy with my family. No. No. You and know. I'm not saying it was always easy. Now, I don't have a problem. Like, there have been moments where it's been scary and hard to say uh-huh. it, but now I just fucking blurt it. Right. I'm and that's, bl- where you, that's where you eventually get. Mm-hmm. You know, you get comfortable with it. You're... Con- the, the confidence starts to build on that sort of topic yeah. because you realize after multiple experiences that almost all of them go really well and people continue being your friend. Well, and you also learn strategies for how to how to talk to people who don't immediately take that very well. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you gain more confidence because you understand that you can handle that situation when it arises. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You can say, oh, actually, I'm an atheist. And when they go, oh, an atheist, you go... Yeah, but I still believe a lot of the same things that we all believe and you know, I think we're all we're all in the same family. We're all on this, you know, on this rock together, so Yeah. Got to get along. I want I I mean I, I certainly would want you to have all of your rights and I just mm-hmm. want to have all of my rights and right. we're in great shape. Yeah. Um yeah, it's a very important thing to do. And, and so uh, and hail Satan. <laughs> just throw that in at the end. No, I think it's always important to reiterate uh, how much of an impact coming out can have on the entire uh, on the movement atheist movement yeah yeah on just and the movement I mean we say movement there's no there's no the, this grand movement that's no, just is, about us being it being okay for us to be in society movement, though it is a it movement. is of course it's a movement you know and it, but it's but the entire goal of it is just let let us live 
our lives in peace and have the same rights as everybody else. That's all it is. Right. The same but as all. That doesn't mean it's not monumental. And it yeah, doesn't, it can be It's huge. not going to require a, a huge shift. And a sacrifice from, and, uh, from us. Uh, and, and people in this country starting to see this country differently. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, coming the, out is about visibility. Right. This is not. I, I think that it's a very significant thing for Americans to feel comfortable being atheists. Yeah. Outside of maybe just a few urban centers. Right. You know, and, when, when, and outside of certain fields. And you know? here's the thing. Most people, I mean, I was ostensibly the first atheist my in-laws met. Right. They, they had never, that's of course bullshit. They had met right. plenty of atheists, but they didn't know that. Exactly. And that's, a, that's the issue. The issue is that. I mean, as we were talking about on our on on that uh, episode a few a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. there are way more atheists than there are gay people in this. Country. Absolutely, way more. Right. But the gay pe- but the, but the but the gay community decided we have to come out. We have to be visible. Right. We have to risk it. Right. So that everybody knows how many gay people there are, so right. that we can start to be accepted, and so that everybody knows a gay person. Right. So it changes right. people's perspective and understanding. Because everybody's got an uncle, a niece, a somebody that's... that's Everybody has a gunkle. That's gay. And they've also got a, one of those that's an atheist, and probably right. two. Yeah. So, or more. Right. Because there statistically are so many more of us. Right. It's like 10 times... <laughs> The number of atheists as there are gay people in this country, and Absolutely. yet, and there is some crossover. Yeah, I suppose I'm one of those. Ooh, you're a double. <laughs> you're a double threat. <clears throat> yeah. So come out. Uh, one more email, real quick. All right. Attention, students and secular activists. Oh, what is this? SSA Con, twenty seventeen. Attraction Con. No, no, no. What is oh, it? Oh, that is unfortunate, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, what is this, it? this is from the Secular Student Alliance. Oh, good. Okay, cool. SSACon is July 7th through 9th, uh, coming right up, and it's the largest secular student conference in the nation, put on every year by the Secular Student Alliance. This training organiz- and organizing conference is where the next batch of leaders sharpen their skill. Awesome. Uh, SSACon specializes in leadership development, grassroots mobilizing, and social activi- or secular activism. The con includes speakers like... Annie Pearl Avery, a legend of the civil rights movement and self-identified secularist. And Becca Alper, a research associate at Pew Research Center Uh and an authority on shifting religiosity in America. Oh. Uh, There are panels and... Yeah, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, I want to go to this thing. I kind of want to go, but I can't. There are panels and trainings on social media, uh, political activity, or political advocacy, rather, and uh, community building... Exclusive, inclusive organizing, and much, much more. Uh, this week is the final week of discounted registration, so head to secularstudents.org to learn more and sign up to attend. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Please do go to that if you're a student. Yeah. Or interested in the SSA. Do you, uh, do you, is there like an age cutoff thing? I don't think so. Oh, wow. That's awesome. All right, well, I've got some people to thank, Dan. Oh, yes. On, on Patreon. New patrons on Patreon. Well Everyone, done. Brace yourselves. Yeah. There, there are many. Oh, good. Uh, we have three new faithful 
listeners. Excellent. Who are they? Blaine, Crystal, and DJ. And then we have two new Beatified listeners. Oh. Casey and Allison. Glory be to them. And James continues. As our Lord and Savior. Yeah. But that felt like I was leading to something bigger, but... No, he's that's our, what it was. He's our Lord and Savior. He is our Lord and Savior. In the so, name of James, we thank we, we 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 pray that all of you will have now blessings poured upon you as you have blessed us. Amen. Amen. Dan, yes, sir. These divided states. I, you know, I just got back. I, I, I took this road trip uh, into Idaho and Wyoming. Yeah. The beautiful parts, not the ugly, stupid parts. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you get, you can get pretty rural out there. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's great. I, I, it's, it, I like the ruralness of it. I, you know, that's kind of why I was going out there. I wanted I wanted to uh, to be alone with my thoughts for a while and sort of have some some alone time, but mm. they're different. the 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 thinking you can just feel it. I, I oh, what did you what thinking did you feel? Well, like <laughs> the thinking that I felt. <laughs> uh, like I like I met up with a a guy uh, from Wyoming that had a shirt that said "Welcome to Wyoming." Assume everyone is armed. Oh oh. Yeah, that was a proud thing for him to have, I guess. <laughs> it was very proud of of the armament of Wyoming. Guns. Yeah. Boy, that's a that's a western value. <laughs> sure enough. Well, I mean, yeah. I it had, is. The interior west is gun crazy. I mean, I don't know that we want to call them crazy. They have guns, <laughs> Frank. I have guns. I don't know why I'm saying they like I have yeah, no, that's true. The guns that I was raised with, yeah. that I inherited when my pop died. Yeah. And I and and I actually really love those guns. They're like I one of one of my dad's rifles was made in 1941. Oh yeah. One of them goes all the way back to 1916. No way. Yeah. Wow. Still shoots like a dream. Whoa. Yeah, so there you go. Uh it's a it's a different place. What we're getting at is, I mean, from the urban metropolis that is Salt Lake City. <laughs> well, I mean, you say that, and it, I mean, we we know where we live. Yeah. Right. We we know what Salt Lake City is. Uh, but it is a blue dot. You and I are, are well-traveled men. We've, yeah. we've, we've been to the big cities of the world. And we know this is not a big city, but it's a mid-sized city with some city amenities. It's an urban environment. It is. Uh, and it also happens to be the largest city for a sizable part of the country. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone, if you are in Idaho, if you are in most of Wyoming, if uh -huh. you are in uh, Western most... Western Colorado. Most, uh, yeah, Western Colorado, uh -huh. most of Nevada, Northern Nevada, uh -huh. certainly. Salt Lake is your big city. Yeah. When it's time to, when you need to do the shopping that you cannot do... In your area, right? I mean, I'm I'm guessing that this is changing with with the advent of that these internets that they've got. Yeah, out there I mean, now. you can find whatever you need or want on Amazon. But people still say. come; they want to go to the big city, and Salt Lake is 
where they go. Yeah. It is their big city. Well, and it's also uh, the place where younger people who may want to not live in their small little town, but maybe don't want to leave the region, yeah. move to. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know a handful of people like that. Lots uh, of people who, who landed in Salt Lake because, again, they they just they want yeah, a little you, bit more of the the city life. And you and, you and I were talking about a a a, a mutual acquaintance uh, from Montana who came yeah. to the big city here and in Salt oh, Lake. Boy, and it was the big city. Like he told me stories of when friends or family would come down from Montana, and uh, he'd be driving them around, and they're like, "You actually get on the freeway to like." <laughs> Go from one part of town to the other? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, because that's not, we're okay. Yeah. But if you're from Butte, Montana, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it's a, it's a novelty. Big, it's a big city. Yeah. It's a different thing. Here's the thing. The reason that we're bringing this up. Yes. Is because there is a divide in this country mm-hmm. between the rural mm-hmm. and the, and the urban. Yeah. And it's a kind of never the twain shall meet kind of thing that's happening right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Well, the twain do meet, and they meet in the suburbs. Yeah. And this 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 article that I I read about you know this divide actually worked in the suburbs as sort of this third space that does need to be considered mm. when when talking about America, right? And and why things don't make sense right now. Yeah, it's a weird here's the thing uh, i think people in urban environments mm-hmm. we urbanites <laughs> uh <laughs> well i'm soon to be quite urban oh yeah you're moving downtown downtown oh, salt lake city so urban you are <laughs> um we, i think we don't get each other I think the urbanites have a, lots of misconceptions about what's going on in the minds of of the uh, the more rural parts of America, yeah. and vice versa. The the rural people clearly don't get us, no, at all. Other than I mean, they no. under, they're right about us being like basically just uh, Satan worshippers who only want to destroy the country. <laughs> they're right about that part. Well, I mean, there's this. I think there's a really interesting thing. That, that 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 happens uh, that's happening right uh urbanites sure do love the rural when, especially when they can meet it at the farmers market yes uh there and and i guess what that really highlights for me is that i i don't think that this is entirely a balanced thing right i think that urbanites uh tend to have a fascination with kind of rural life it's it holds a nostalgia mm. the, the, in sort of the american psyche mm. that uh there's something wholesome and good and that there's something to be appreciated out there Gosh, and just that's... like you did you just went on a little journey out into nowhere in order to have some time alone and so there's value in it right yeah but i don't think... i was trying to avoid the people largely <laughs> okay well whatever <laughs> but um what i don't think that you get from the other side and i've lived on both sides that's true. i actually lived a, a good amount of my childhood in rural oklahoma and i mean rural it was a little town of 3500 people yeah right and we actually even lived out in the country at one point but um so so I've 
that's who I went to school with. That's, yeah. You know, that's, you, that's you, who my friends were. You know the mindset. And, and I know the mindset. And I guess that's who I was, you know. Ish. Ish. Never really fit in, but whatever. Um, well, you liked boys. Somewhere <laughs> in there, you knew you liked boys. And you were a Mormon in a non-Mormon yeah, area. Yeah, so I was a bit of an outsider. But the, I don't think that the, the rural side has... There is a maybe a fascination with in some way, but there's also a great fear of the more urban spaces of the urbanites. Well, and, you know, that is a cultivated fear. That is a fear that like every day or every week when I'm, you know, when we're sort of trolling the, you know, the right wing watch and all of mm-hmm. our, all of the different uh, websites that we go to, to try and find our stories and to try and find things to talk to you guys about. We see pastors talking about how evil these liberals are and how evil these city dwellers are and Uh how they and and you know we hear ourselves referred to as satan uh worshipers and we hear ourselves referred to as you know the people who are literally they say we're trying to just our goal our stated goal Uh is to destroy our country right which is laughable but not to them I know, and I don't. I I honestly, so even though I lived on that side, I don't understand that. I don't get that at all. But it's fear mongering. Yeah. Again, again, fear is a useful tool. Yeah. If you want to keep butts in your seats at your church, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta go fear. Mm-hmm. Fear is the best way to do it. <laughs> and uh, and so they do, and so we end up uh, kind of screwed. We end up yeah. being these hated, feared loathsome creatures to them yeah. that are a different breed in some way. And it's weird because our values, they talk about values all values, the time. Yeah. And values, we don't values, use, values. we don't use the word values very much uh, in the urban, in the urban world. We don't talk yeah. about values, right? But they're the fucking same, like largely we yes. value the same things more. Now, there, like, when, you, when you, you get down distill to still it down to things that we do value. Yes. Absolutely. When, yeah. When you same. get, when you get to specifics, yeah. Things change up a little bit. Like they definitely don't value queer voices. Right. And they- well, inclusion and diversity are definitely values that I think are more common and, 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 and more embraced in urban settings. Right. Because the guy that lives next to you is a different race than you are. Right. And the woman that lives across the street from you is a different religion than you are. And that's just bound to happen. And the more urban you get... Well, and the you, more of that you're, you're right. going to have. And that person who is different from you, because, you know, we were the Mormons. Right. Right. And so we were different, uh, but we also didn't live on top of each other. Right. Right. We didn't live in close proximity. And even in sort of your single family dwelling neighborhoods of a, of a city, uh, the, the homes are closer. Yeah. If not, like, extremely close with smaller yards and... And uh, so you're just the proximity to other people just changes your attitudes about other people entirely. When you have to be on the train with people who are going to be vastly different than you. Yeah. You develop a sense that like we all have to accommodate each other. Right. Whereas when you live in a community where everybody's kind of monolithic and, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to accommodate anybody who's different. Yeah. Difference is not appreciated. Difference is scary. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is sort of the main thing that we... That we were, yeah. I think that there's a mistake 
that we as uh as as sort of i mean i, I grant that like not all of our listeners con- consider themselves politically liberal right but we all have to sort of embrace progressivism in the sense that like that's what will encourage people to embrace uh atheists yeah uh it, we have to progress as a society to the point where everyone is <clears throat> everyone's accepted right so i think i and i think that this is where you and i have always had this problem with sort of firebrand atheism as a message mm. uh i'm not a, i don't have a problem with people being angry because mm. i get angry too right and i get where the anger comes from it makes total sense to right me. But when the messaging becomes in your face, we're here, get used to it. I mean, to some extent, you have to say that. We have to say, we are here. You don't have a choice in this matter. But the messaging to the rural, uh, to to the Christian rural population of this country, it's not going to get through. (laughs) What you're doing is creating an enemy. Yeah. And and reinforcing that enemy status. Right. We're saying we are your enemy, you are our enemy, and we are fi- in a fight. So, how do we go about filing lawsuits like right. the one we just talked about in, in Pensacola? Pensacola? Sure. Uh, and, and any number of the lawsuits that we've talked about through the years, right? Right. Where you're challenging a very inappropriate thing right right, that the city should not be paying for or should not be accommodating on that level and is in some way oppressing us like there's a lot of ways in which like this is this is basically the messaging that's coming from them is christianity is the only acceptable thing yeah this is the right one the rest of you will tolerate you but but not you have to deal with the fact that this public park has this big giant cross in it right so how do we go about standing up for ourselves when any act of standing up is going to be seen as an attack. That's a great question. I mean, believe me, it's not like I feel like I, we have the answers here. <laughs> right. But I do think that there needs to be a, a concurrent messaging that right. happens that's saying, hmm. that's basically saying, look, we're not trying, like someone needs to be saying loudly and clearly to these people, we're not trying to stop you being Christians. Right. We respect and honor your Christianity. Right. All we're asking is that you open. I feel like the, the, you know, in the thinking in rural America is about who's on my team. Right. It's about who are, who am I and who's in my, in, in the same corral. Right. And some of the, me- and nobody seems to be able to make the message just, hey, you stay there and you'll be happy there. Mm-hmm. Can we open the corral a little bit? Mm-hmm. Can we widen the uh, the fence just enough mm-hmm. to say other people are okay here too? Right. And that's what America is supposed to be about. That's what all of the talk of America, that's the America. Right. But that's not what our small towns are about. Our small towns are about the, the there's an in-group and there really isn't a lot of space. Right. I mean, there really is not. It's you, tight. You you either belong to one of the four or five accepted denominations, Christian denominations, right. by the way. And you can't even be a J-dub, apparently. 
like right. even well, Jehovah's being, Witnesses. Being Mormon was was tough. I yeah. we weren't my family. We were not Methodist, Baptist, Church of Christ, or Pentecostal. Right. Those those were the four that spring immediately to mind for Fort Gibson, Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. Uh, there were a number of us who were Mormon, and that number was at my high seven. school was five. Okay. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Out of out of five hundred students. Right. Right. Because it was a small high school in a small town. Uh so I don't know. I think I lost my my, my thread there, but like you, you we're talking you about either, how tight how tightly yeah, it, how small the allowable number of things are. It's as though the other kids didn't know how to deal with the fact well, it's not as though it was the other kids didn't know how to deal with any kind of difference. Right. Difference isn't a value right. to them. Uh, so I think so I think the message I guess the messaging that I want to get out there is this embracing of what um, of this other this vision of America, which mm-hmm. is a pluralism, which is, uh, a, you know, I was raised with this idea of a melting pot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like everybody comes to America. Yeah. Everybody's welcome in America. Yeah. That's and I- we take the best of what everybody has to offer. Yeah. And it improves us. Yeah. And no one's talking to rural America about that. But you, they'll, they'll say similar things, or at least they used to. I don't know if they talk about the melting pot so much anymore. But I remember America as a melting pot being a thing that that, that was that was said. However, it seemed to apply to the, you know... English, Irish, Germans, and pick the other white right. group. Sometimes we let Italians in. <laughs> Not usually, but sometimes. But the idea that the melting pot is not just in the past, but it's a present thing. It's, and, that, and it's and, a value. And that it's a value. I don't know that that, that, that was what was being taught. But the, the fact that... All these nations had come together right. in it was one good. nation. It was a good thing then. Yeah. That was really a positive thing then. Immigration in the past is always a good thing because it means that you got to come here. Right. Right. So <laughs> now that I'm in, quick, close the door before the rest of them get in. Which is a... I mean, believe me, that's a thing that I understand. As soon as I get into a restaurant or whatever, I don't want anybody... Like, please keep the rest of the riffraff out. <laughs> Now that I have riffed my raff in. <laughs> yeah, but isn't it great to be able to sit down at a restaurant that's, you know, owned by and operated by a family from Vietnam or yeah. from India. Know, India or Afghanistan? Have you been to the new Afghani restaurant? Is there one in New Yeah, in Utah? Afghan Kitchen down on Main Street. Okay. Yeah. I'll go there. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, like... These, uh, it's, it's awesome. Not just from a culinary perspective, mostly from a culinary perspective. (laughs) No, you know, for me, I'm, I know I'm, I'm what some would call a bleeding heart. I just love it. I love it when people are able to start a new life and create their own thing and find prosperity and, and they take good parts about our society that they didn't have in theirs. Yeah. And we take good parts about their society that we don't know about. And we probably take less well, yeah. from, you know, the Bosnian immigrants than they take from us. Yeah, because 
there's a nightmare over there. It's just <laughs> no, terrible. Because the, <laughs> the numbers are so small. Right. Yeah. Right. They, we're not going to absorb that much from a small group. Right. Actually, but we have a lot of Bosnians. In the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. We have a lot. Yeah. Well, Bosnians, Brazilians. I don't know why I know so many Brazilians. Well, because once you know one Brazilian, you know all of them. Suddenly, yeah, no, that's true. They come out of the woodwork. That's actually true. You know, that is. <laughs> it doesn't work for everyone, but right. with Brazilians, you know one, you know a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's, but nonetheless, the, you know, like, and it, it, it's fantastic. And having friends from other parts of the world, I think, is a great thing. You I know, think, I think one what, of my one of my dearest friends is, you know, from Brazil. I just so. want there to be a politician, a national politician, who says, who starts talking in no uncertain terms, in gl- grand, glorious terms, mm-hmm. about how immigration, how how diversity is an American value, uh-huh. and it helps us. Yeah, and it's and that's America, yeah. and that's what America has always been about, and what it's supposed to be. Yeah, and I and like make that the jingoistic call. Yeah. Make that what I'm, you know, because right now it's like America's Christian and America's white and America's and like we need to get we need to be running away from that messaging. America is always changing. People are always changing. But what holds us together are is, uh, you know, pretty solid set of uh, laws that when applied correctly aren't about oppressing anybody they're yeah. about making space for everybody yeah space that's what this it's the final frontier <laughs> that's we won't find peace until until we have space for I don't everybody think that's true we'll and always. if there's one thing that rural america has plenty of it's space well okay we just that's all we have to do yeah we're there. We're there. Uh, you know what? Here's what I think. I think there are people who listen to the show who are currently living in very rural areas. We have a lot of listeners who live in rural areas. Actually. So uh, shout out to us. Give us a call. Write to us. Write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com and let us know what your experience is. Maybe we're way off base. Yeah. Maybe things have changed in the last 20 years since I last lived in a rural place. Right. But uh, you could leave us a voicemail message. 424 666 8442 is the telephone number that you can call. Yeah, let your voice be heard. Uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click the like button. And while you're on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge or request to join. It's a closed group, but that's what keeps it awesome. Yep, absolutely. Hey, speaking of that, thanks to Sarah, uh, Danny, and Amy for their mod moderation work on that website. And thanks to Mackenzie for all of her hard work with her daily posts on Facebook. Yeah, and uh, thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club and Gordon Johnson for the use of their fine, fine music. And thank you, our dear listener, for listening. You're you're the only one we have. (laughs) Bye. Bye, guys. He looks like a preacher man. What are you on Tinder? <laughs> Grinder. Ooh, look at him. He looks like a preacher. Ooh.